All right, everybody, uh, welcome into a special New Year's Eve edition of Load the Box. Uh, no show on Monday and an interesting show tonight as uh, I am currently held up in my in-law's house uh, due to some heat issues, which is why you do not get to see mine and Will Goodwin's beautiful faces, but you still get to hear our uh, just elite and absolutely scouching Vikings takes. Uh, Will, my friend, how was your Christmas? Uh, you know, just, just how, how you been? It's, it's been a minute. Yeah, it was a good Christmas. We got to spend some time with um, my in-laws, and so the kids got to have a good Christmas with grandparents, and um, we spent a couple days over there with them, and um, caught the end of the Vikings game live, so I got to see the Greg Joseph uh, game winner, and then I ended up having to go back and watch the uh, watch the replay later to kind of actually get more context on what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was a good weekend. And uh, we all, you can probably tell in my voice a little bit, we all came down with a little bit of a bug. But um, we're doing all right. I think uh, the kids are pulling through. So we're doing all right. Well, that's really what matters. And glad to hear you had a good Christmas. And I hope everybody listening also had a had a wonderful Christmas or a happy Hanukkah. Or whatever you celebrate, I hope you are happy celebrating it. Um, let's, I mean, let's talk about that Vikings Giants game quickly. I mean, I don't want to spend the entire show because I do want to talk a little bit about this Green Bay game and maybe even talk more about the Green Bay game. The Giants win to me really came down. I mean, it was the, it, go back and watch like any other show from a Vikings win this year, except for week one. And it's the same things that apply. The The defense played all right. I wouldn't say that they were elite. I wouldn't say they were terrible. And the offense, when it needed to do something, did something. And something. it seems like every time we win a game now, something fluky happens. Whether it's like an end-of-game interception or it's Josh Allen fumbling and you know us getting a touchdown off of it. Um, this week, it was the longest field goal in Vikings history. A 61-yard bomb from Greg the Leg Joseph. So, um, I don't know. It was a fun game. I think it's a really quality win. I think the Vikings are... They have some very quality wins this season, and I think this is just another tally in that category. What's what's your biggest takeaway from this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you said, part of the course from a lot of the wins this season, and you take the win. There's no two ways about it. There's You don't have to apologize for wins, despite what Packers media and national media like to tell us. You don't have to apologize for winning games. Um Again, I mean, the concern here is that, you know, the Vikings got outgained again and um, they gave up 450 yards and it, it looked like the Giants receivers were all too comfortable for a lot of that game. Um, something that concerns me for a little bit this week against Green Bay, considering that, you know, in the week one matchup, really their only success on offense against us was throws out to the flat. Saquon Barkley was constantly catching the ball out in the flat, not not even a screen. It was simply just a th- like a little flick out to the flat, and he would just run with it for seven, eight, ten yards. Um, and now Saquon Barkley is a different level than almost anybody else in the league. But if you get Aaron Jones out in space, it could be a long day on Sunday afternoon. So those sort of little intermediate, easy, kind of effortless gains um, – we're just concerning again, and you love to see the turnovers. Um, 
And you love to see the situational play again by Patrick Peterson and Brian Osamoa, I thought played well, especially with that strip sack and, and recovery or not sack, sorry, uh, forced fumble and recovery. But um, yeah, it's just another sort of like concerning ish performance by the defense. And you have to give the giants defense credit for keeping the Vikings offense sort of in check a little bit throughout a lot of that game. Um, but that defense is no joke, and we knew that. Um, we did know, though, that – or I guess maybe I should say that, you know, we knew especially that their pass defense was good, and that's the Vikings' sort of bread and butter. And um, But we still were able to have two guys with over 100 yards receiving. So I think it's one of those games, like you said, you're happy with it, you take it. Um, a lot to clean up, especially defensively, but – um, and I think also third downs in the first half weren't so great. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but <laughs> I think especially uh, I want to get maybe if you had any extra perspective on the um, the defensive struggles, you know, why it's sort of this same old. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of the thing we keep seeing. I think it's Donatel and you know, the plays to win the game. They get the turnovers, but. We're having a little bit of technical issues, so all with us here. But like, I think that the the issue with the defense. Uh, could you could you repose your question just that way? I make sure I'm answering the correct yeah, thing. Sort of like, what was there anything that you saw this week that was maybe different or even compounding from the issues we've seen earlier in the season? Because you know, like I said, we like the turnovers, we like the takeaways, but 450 yards against Daniel Jones isn't exactly. Uh, you know, good work. <laughs> so I think I'm, uh, I think maybe I'd, I'd like to see if you had any insight on that. Yeah, it, to me, it feels like you know Donatel has I feel like been pretty stuck in his ways about like the scheme is the scheme and it's the scheme that we're running. The guys need to play better football and they need to execute my scheme better. And so I, you know, we saw an uptick in blitz attempts against. The Colts, I, I believe, that was like, you know, the defense kind of played a, a different style. But this week, for, for whatever reason, I don't know if they just, like, don't want to blitz Daniel Jones because he is deceptively uh, mobile. And so, like, you know, if he does run away from the blitz, that leaves you at higher risk for a big play. I don't know what the case is. And I also don't have, like, the blitzing percentage numbers in front of me. Um but, you know, I mean, Daniel Hunter played really well. It would be nice to see him and Zadarius both have – this would be the best week for it, honestly, against Green Bay. It would be nice to see both of them have a – just a dominant game, <laughs> like, together. Like, well, each of them are just really switched on and all of that stuff. But um, I don't know. I, th- I think that this – if the defense is only going to give up, you know, 24, 20 what, – what, what, what was the final in this game? Was it 20 – do you have it in front of you? The final score? Yes. 27-24. That's what I thought, but for some reason I kept getting 26 stuck in my head, and I was like, I don't think that's what it was. But, yeah, yeah, if the defense is only going to give up 24 points, then I I do think that the Vikings should be – and Vikings fans should accept one offensive team. We we are going to have to score 30 points to win – almost any game against against good competition and I mean 27 is is a little bit shy but like we're gonna have to be right there and we're gonna have to hope the defense just gets lucky a couple of times and so far this season they have and some of it's not luck some of it is just like 
a Daniil Hunter sack that completely sets back yeah. a drive or, or something like that. But I, I just don't – the defense isn't going to jump up to going from, like, giving up 500 yards weekly or giving up 450 yards weekly to, like, all of a sudden being this dominant force of nature. No. And, and it sucks, but that's what you have off seasons for. And, and I'm sure the defense will be better next season because it's all – it's difficult to get worse statistically. <laughs> like – um now, what will be important and what will lead to a Super Bowl next season is if the defense gets statistically better but also keeps all of the takeaways that they're getting. And then, then we're talking about cooking with gas, you know, being a one seed, defending the one seed late in the season, that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. That's I think that the defense is going to be a heavy topic come the offseason. But um, I would be remiss yeah. if I didn't bring up. I made the fantasy football championships, and it is solely because I took Justin Jefferson uh, with the third pick in the draft. Um, it went Cooper Cup, Jamal Chase, and then and then I was like, I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I'm not Jonathan Taylor. He's for the Bells. Like I, you know, I know what I want. So, um, big shout outs to JJ, uh, who I think is. Gonna, I, I don't want to confidently say it, but I do think he's going to go for two K this season, and it's going to be nuts. And I really want him to like go for two hundred against the Packers and break the record in sixteen games, so that way everybody can't be like, "Well, he, you know, took an extra game to do it." Blah 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 blah. You know, complaining about that kind of thing. So I don't know. I, maybe that's a good segue into the Green Bay game. I'll let you if you have yeah. anything else about the Giants you want to get off your chest. Speak now. No, I was just going to honestly transition a little bit, too. You mentioned Zedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. and Now, week 17 is different than week one. You're not as fresh. Um, Zedarius Smith has a banged-up body. But you've got to imagine that he's going to bring a little extra on Sunday. Um, you know, getting to play the Packers in week one was special for him. But now he gets to go to Lambeau. And that's maybe even a little more special and maybe a little bit more – revengeful so i'm excited to see what he can do and if he's going to crank it up a notch for any any regular season game it's going to be this one um so i mean kind of with that said you know the the vikings are kind of in moving into this this game where right now they are by most sports books um underdogs again to a division opponent on the road a division opponent in which they have five more wins then. Um, and this happened in the Detroit game and they lost. And again, now we're going into this Green Bay game. And, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people are saying that the Vikings are going to lose this game. And I think, I mean, I'm curious to hear your take. You know, the, the Packers are kind of on this, this, you know, they've won three in a row. They're back in the playoff picture. What do you see as sort of, if I'm a Packers fan today, where do you put your hopes on the Packers making the playoffs? So we kind of talked about this over text, and it was very brief. It wasn't, like, super in-depth, and I think it's because I fell asleep in the middle of the conversation. But um, you said you had seen someone say, you know, the Packers' playoff path, is that, it's pretty easy. Like, it's it's get two wins, and, you know, like, it's I think it's like have Washington lose, and, like, they, they make it. And so it's it's a fairly easy road into the playoffs, And I kind of agree with it. I I hate to say – like, I think that everyone is going to expect Washington to lose one game. And so if I'm a Packers fan, there's no better feeling than, like, especially if Washington loses because I believe they play in the 1 o'clock – oh, the the noon window. Let me get back into central time. I believe they play in the noon window. So Green Bay might 
know going into the you know the Vikings game on Sunday hey if we just win out we're in the playoffs like we can control they they can know that they have control of their own destiny going into the Vikings game so I mean it has to be a good feeling you still have to win out I know you know they play like you said and I'm stealing your take they play two division opponents that they have already lost to this season so Maybe that plays in their favor because my rule of thumb for predicting a schedule is you go 500 against the division, you split with everybody no matter how good or bad the teams are. And um, their division games, I think they're going to be wacky. I think there's about a 0% chance the Vikings get their second blowout win of the season uh, against against the Packers this Sunday. And um, I don't know. I think that if I'm a Packers fan, I'm fairly confident going into it, but not I don't know. It, it kind of house money. It's it's kind of like you know, it, you know they they should feel good. But if they don't make it, well, you know we started really slow, and at least we have Christian Watson. You know, I think that those positives for Packers yeah. fans this season season for show. How uh, how about from the Vikings fan perspective? Do you obviously you know if you're a fan you want to win any game you play, and you know if the Vikings win this game on Sunday, the Packers are effectively eliminated. It's not. A foregone conclusion, but it's it'd be about I think it's a two percent chance they make the playoffs right. if they if the Vikings win. Um, I believe that number shrinks to zero percent if the uh, Commanders win on Sunday and the Packers lose. So let's just say, um, anyways, you know, all that aside, from Vikings' perspective, do you care if the Packers make the playoffs? Yeah, I think that. The the Packers and the Lions, I, th- I think I said this last week on the show, or maybe this was just something that I, I was talking to, to relatives about, but the Packers and the Lions are at the very top of my I don't want to play them come the postseason list, just because it's 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 a divisional game and, and I don't want to see them and, and all that kind of stuff. I want to bring up, if the Eagles lose in the noon window, the Vikings have to win and put themselves in a Week 18 like this could happen type of situation what like if there's a there's I'm still holding out hope for that one seed and I know it's very unlikely but if the Eagles lose on Sunday we have a chance to put all the pressure on them you know uh, none of the pressure's on us really cuz we're like okay well we can be the one seed but also we weren't supposed to be the one seed you guys were supposed to have clinched this 2 3 weeks ago so I'd like to see – that's something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on is the Vikings' chances of getting the one seed. But obviously, you know, the Packers' playoff chances are – they're just trying to fight to survive. Well, we have the pleasure of getting to, you know, look around and be like, can we just get like a week off of football? Like, can we just not watch football for a weekend and – or not well, – you know, obviously we're going to watch the playoffs, but can we just like chill for a weekend with the Vikings and then – we can get back to having our Howard attacks, you know, in the divisional rounds. So I don't know. That's something that I'm keeping my eye on because it. I mean, they. It's still not over, and never say never. That's that's kind of all I can yeah. say. Yeah, it's it's a strange situation for the Vikings because there's two weeks left. They are. There's no ties right now. You know, the Eagles have 13 wins. The Vikings have 12, and the Niners have 11. The Cowboys also have 11, but they can go no higher than the fifth seed unless they somehow usurp the Eagles, which would then bump them up into the uh, division winners and put the Eagles down to the five seed. So you're not really competing with the Cowboys at this point. Um, And 
the the strange thing for the Vikings here is you could end up either being anywhere between the first and the third seed. Um, there's still a lot of jockeying that could happen, and <clears throat> something that is maybe a little bit annoying and frustrating from a Vikings fan perspective is the 49ers, for one, just have an easy last two games. They have the Raiders on the road, and I'll get to that in a second. Mm. And then they finish the season with the Cardinals. I mean, that's if, – if the Niners have to win that game against the Cardinals, they will. Um, I think that's kind of a foregone So who, who, are they, are the, who are they playing in the last two weeks? Like Jarrett Stidham and Trace McSorley? <laughs> yeah, like – and. Yeah, and, and granted, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy has started like four games, but you know he's got that offense rolling so far. So um, the Niners haven't really missed a beat since, since Jimmy G went out. But with the Niners, I want to talk about the Raiders. So you, you might have seen the news that Derek Carr is being benched um, next week. And that's... There's a whole lot of storylines there in, in for, for, for one part. But the other thing is just, well, the Vikings have, they're going to have to win out basically if they want the two seed at least. Um, they're not going to get much help from the Niners. But an interesting thing that I want to ask you about is, so Derek Carr's being benched. Part of the reason what we're hearing is because the Raiders want to make sure he doesn't get hurt before the season's over because they want the ability to move him at the end of the season. That's all speculation. There's nothing coming from the team on that yet, but there are reputable sources talking about this sort of thing. Now, if you're the Oakland, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> do you make a move for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? You 100% try to. I think the most likely thing that happens this offseason is the Indianapolis Colts are going to end up with Derek Carr. It's already becoming a meme on the internet. Like it, it's inevitable. It's like Thanos in the MCU. It's he is inevitable. Uh, Derek Carr becoming a Colt is just going to happen. But um, no, I think that if if Vegas is serious about winning, it, it's see that there's an oxymoron here because if Vegas is serious about winning. They hired Josh McDaniels as their coach, and I'm just not a Josh McDaniels guy. Like, I I don't know. It seems like he is Tom Brady dependent for his offensive scheme to work. He went to Denver, had the Tebow mania thing where, like, that defense backpacked a team into the playoffs and won a playoff game, and Tebow did as much as his, as his little help could, could do, but, like, he just wasn't that talented and – Immediately, like, Peyton Manning got there and was like, yeah, pal, you're out of here. I want, you know, John Fox to come be the coach because I want a real coach, not, you know, a Belichick lackey for for lack of a better phrase. So, I don't know. I I, I think, yes, the move sounds very Vegas. It sounds very flashy. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to go anywhere. Like, I do think that there is some I want to stout a Paco, end as a Paco, and there might be conversations behind closed doors of, if you trade me, I will tire. And those conversations, if Aaron catches wind of trade talks, could quickly go public. Where it's like, no, if I get traded, I will tire. Don't waste the draft capital. I'm, I'm not doing that. So, I don't know. I, it, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason to, to monitor that situation because... I don't know. I, I, I'm a Derek Carr guy. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's like Kirk Cousins level solid, and that's okay. Yeah. And I think that a team that is absolutely stacked everywhere else could could win a lot of games with Derek Carr, similar yeah. to how the Vikings are winning a lot of games with Kirk Cousins this season. But I don't know if we're absolutely stacked. I, man, I don't know. 
I'm going on a tangent here. I'm going. We got to talk about this Packers game. Well, <laughs> so I got. I mean, one thing that I think is uh, intriguing from the Vikings' perspective, and you know, now, like you said, Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, he's told the Packers he wants to come back next season. Obviously, his contract continues, so chances are he's probably sticking around. Um, interesting thing from the Vikings' perspective, though. If the Vikings win on Sunday, they could effectively say that they ended the Aaron Rodgers tenure era in Green Bay because it could be, it, it would be the final nail in the coffin of the Packers season. And that could potentially open up the Aaron, this team's not going anywhere. We're going to trade you and we're going to move Jordan Love into the starting position, yada, yada, yada. So that, that could be kind of a fun sort of cherry on top of the season if the Vikings were able to win and, um, you know, after after that, on top of that, get the end of Aaron Rodgers. But anywho... It's a sweet so, storyline. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea. Um, but to that point, how do you see this game going? What, what, are you looking to, what are you looking for? I am looking, and it's not just because I'm in the fantasy championships and I want to win, but I legitimately am looking for Justin Jefferson... 150, 175-yard day. Um, the Packers had trouble containing him the first time we played them. I am sure Kevin O'Connell is not bringing the exact same game plan. And this is the interesting chess piece with divisional games, is if you're Green Bay, do you anticipate we do what we did last time that, that worked very well against you, or do you try to guess what we're going to do and game plan for that. So could be a very electric stout for the Vikings offense who comes out and throws some curveballs um, at Green Bay. And I'm just I'm looking for Justin Jefferson to continue this streak of dominance that he's kind of on right now. He's been playing out of his mind for a while now. Um, I think the last bad game he had was was it Dallas? Like I, I think you know he kind of got held down in Dallas and. Since then, I feel like every game has just been, you know, the Justin Jefferson show. Um, or at least he was a major player in some of them. Obviously, KJ had the day and all that stuff. But I just want to see him touch the secondary. I want to see him have a Randy Moss-esque moment of, you know, mooning the crowd or, or you know, doing something that makes, you know, Troy Buck or Joe – yeah, no – Joe Buck. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, you know, they'll just one glob of announcer now on Monday Night Football. But something that makes Joe Buck absolutely just sick to his stomach whenever he does it. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I don't know. It's it's exciting watching Justin Jefferson. I don't know that we should expect him to just play at this level every season for the rest of his life. What we are watching is special. We should acknowledge that this is special and we should enjoy the last two regular season games and however many extra games in the postseason we get for the JJ show because I mean it really I mean it it, it could be historic it could be history making on Sunday in Lambeau and, and I I hate to say this as a Vikings fan. What better place to break a record than historic Lambeau field <laughs> like I mean you know just kind of I don't know yeah. but the storylines are all there and it's going to be playing in every state in America in prime time so let's let's see JJ come yeah. out to play yeah it's going to be fun I think I think the Packers defense although they have improved in certain areas since that ugly start to the season um the Dolphins were still still able to confuse them a lot on Sunday and you know granted the uh Unfortunately for the Dolphins, Tua appeared to have a 
undiagnosed concussion, it seems, in the middle of that game, which obviously hampered his ability to make throws. But the um, the Packers secondary was not buttoned up in that game. And that could be, you know, just a lot, lots of areas for Jefferson to, uh, to expose. So, yeah, I mean, I think on, on my side, I already mentioned the, uh, the Zadarius Smith thing. I think it's kind of a, it's an obvious game ball pick. Um, it's one of those things where <clears throat> O'Connell's kind of made it a habit where he gives the game ball to the player who's, uh, whose former team they beat. Um, I'm not sure if he gave Delvin Tomlinson one from last week, but generally speaking, he's giving a game ball to a player whose former team they just defeated. And so, again, I look for Zadarius Smith to wreak havoc. And um, the Packers' offensive line isn't as injured as it was week one, but they're still kind of bumped and bruised, and um, he's going to come with fire. So, yeah. now, you know, the, the Packers' offense has improved. Their receivers have improved. The chemistry with Rodgers has improved. Um, but this still is not a lethal offense. Let's not pretend that they're all of a sudden world beaters. The three-game winning streak is is nice, and they're putting themselves in contention for sure. But we have to be honest about the fact that they played the Bears, and then they played the Baker Mayfield Rams, and then they... Um, they beat a Miami team who had a concussed quarterback for half that game. So it's really not like they've been, you know, <clears throat> beating world-class teams, um, and nor have they been putting up monster numbers. So the Vikings defense should be able to um, contain them a little bit. It's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still Lambeau Field. It's still winter. It's all the, you know, it's all the Green Bay Packers mystique. Um, but I don't expect the Packers to run up and down the field on them. Does this game this and I think I know the answer to this question already, but I'm just gonna ask it because I like to be funny. Uh, will the offense look better than it did last season in Lambeau with Sean Mannion at the helm? I think slightly. Slightly. I think, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's safe. I think Garrett Bradbury. You know, the only maybe downside is that Garrett Bradbury might not get a reception this time, um, either because he's not playing or you know because Kirk Cousins doesn't have to rely on an immaculate reception to. Uh, to move the ball five yards for the first time on the day. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, it would be fitting if, you know, Cousins rolls out and he decides to throw the ball away and he finds Brad Bailey and just drops a dime to him, even if he's in a hoodie. Like, you know, just just let's get the man a catch. Let's make it a new Lambeau tradition that the center gets a catch. But um, I, I do want to point out, you know, you kind of talked about the Packers' offense is, is not – wild beaters by any any measure like you said they have not played the highest level of competition they are kind of i don't want to say barely winning games because the vikings are also barely winning games we've ju- we're just barely winning yeah. a lot more games than green bay this season but i think that it is kind of scary as a vikings fan and maybe it's not this season maybe it's in the years to come but uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are, are pretty solid at football. <laughs> like, like Christian Watson especially, like with the ball in his hands, is dangerous. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is is just you know I think he's he's just like a I don't want to say sneaky good, but like he's he just seems like a solid receiver. Like he doesn't seem like he's I don't think he's gonna be Devonte. I don't think he's gonna be JJ. He's a good receiver though. You know he's a good role player in that offense, and I think he could be there for a long time. And I don't know it. 
obviously a lot of that hinges on how long Rodgers is there and if Jordan Love is any good and if they can even find a guy after Aaron Rodgers if Love isn't good. But just talking about this season, I, Christian Watson is not going to drop that touchdown if he gets behind Pat Pete, like you know, at you know, on the first drive of the game. So the Vikings have to play buttoned up and they also have to try their best not to play scaled football. Um, yep. Because I think it can be, like you said earlier, can be really easy to say, well, they have fast wide receivers 10, 15 yards off, and then all of a sudden Aaron Jones is is tearing you up underneath and absolutely making a mockery of your defense, and they're going up and down the field on you. So I think it's I think Donatel, this is a good week as any to, to blitz. I, I don't know if it is, though, because it's Aaron flipping Rodgers, but this is a good week to just mix it up and not run the shell. I think that that's what every Vikings fan wants to see. Just do something other than the shell, and we'll be happy. So I think that's really what it boils down to for me. Uh, my game ball is going to yeah. Justin Jefferson. I'm taking the easy route this week. I don't have heat in my house. Give me a break. I'm just I'm just picking the best player on the team, the best player on most fields he steps on. So um, I do want to do the scale prediction really quick. Um, I'll give mine, and then really quickly, just if you're listening, follow Will on Twitter at WillBadLose, uh, the GOAT Twitter handle. Uh, check out the Bad Loser blog and VikingsTerritory.com, and, and make sure to shop Unified. I'm not going to give the whole spiel tonight. Um, I don't remember exactly what I texted you. I believe I said like I had the Vikings like 37 to 34 um, or 33. I ha- it's going to be a close game. I'm going to say the Vikings win it. Um, Let's let's get a let's get a walk off Duke Shelley interception. Let's 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 end it that way. Duke Shelley gets his first career interception against one of the best to ever do it uh, against Aaron Rodgers, and and we all celebrate you know the greatness that is living in the in the Duke Shelley Vikings era. So um, I'll pass it off to you. Thank you guys for tuning in, uh, Will. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned Donatel trying some new things, and I think it. It is a good time to try some new things. You're not not like you're gonna you know create a new playbook, but bring an extra pressure. Um, play a little more man coverage. Try some things because Rodgers is a good quarterback, and you're gonna get a good look. And you can almost treat it like extra practice reps. Not that this game doesn't matter, but they're going to get one of the top three seeds. They're guaranteed at least one home playoff game, potentially two. So. It's not like this game is do or die. Not that you don't care about winning, but this we're not in Green Bay's situation where this is basically a playoff game. So um, I'd like to see a little bit more, you know, creativity and nuance from the defense. All that said, like I said, you know, I think Zadarius Smith will have a good game. I think the Vikings defense will hold their own. <clears throat> but I also think that Aaron Rodgers will do enough in this game to get the win. And... Um, I don't like hearing myself say that. I never want to pick the Packers, especially in a season where the Packers are down and the Vikings are up. Um, But I think the Packers are playing for their lives, like we've talked about. And Lambeau Field is as home field of advantage as you can get. And I think the Packers will play their butts off. I think they're going to win 28-27. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um the difference between this game and maybe other ones with the Vikings defense is that Rodgers will find a way to get the ball in the end zone four times, you know, versus, you know, like Daniel Jones had to kick a field goal. Um, the Jets had to kick five field goals. 
this is a situation where the Vikings defense is going to break a couple of times and give up four touchdowns, and that's going to be the difference in the game. They're not going to be limiting the Packers to field goals. So I, I do also think, you know, this is not part of the normal prediction, but I do think that the Packers will make the playoffs. I think that they're going – if they win this game, they'll finish out the season with a home, against, a home win against Detroit. Uh, the Commanders will find a way to lose one of the next two games just because they're the Commanders. The Stanton Carlson wins, so it's it's already looking yeah. that way. And so uh, it's I, – I, I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I think that's where this is going to end up. So I'd love to be wrong. Um, I picked the Packers to win this game preseason. Not enough has changed to where I want to change that pick. So it's going to be a close one. It's going to be intense. The Packers, the Vikings won't play poorly. Um, they'll play fine, um, but just they won't do enough to win a tough road division game. So um, it's going to be fun. It's sort of that late afternoon primetime-ish window, um, the twilight in Green Bay, Lambeau Field. It's It's got the whole uh, this whole stage that Tony Romo and Jim Nance doing the call and all that. So it'll be fun. Um, I mean, this season has been fun, and – you know, if you're a if you're a Vikings fan listening to this show, you can't help but just be just grateful and excited for this season because they don't come around too often when you have wild victory after wild victory. And uh, I think it's going to be another wild game on Sunday. And I think for the first time this season, the Vikings will lose a one score game, but hmm. it won't be anything to hang their heads about. And you know, who knows? Maybe they get a chance to uh, beat the Packers uh, in the playoffs. So. That's all we got. Load the Box is signing off here. We will be back, um, hopefully, in our normal routine uh, following the Vikings Packers. Uh, tune in Monday night. That's all we got today. Signing off is Will and Jordan. Skull, y'all.